0: Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strangecatholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest, but now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to this episode of the Strange Catholic Show. Sorry for the delayed rollout for you all. Welcome back again. We're excited to hear Bob's first cup. Our main topic today, we're going to discuss a little bit about what Pope Francis talked about and the Eucharist. A lot of the readings over the last few weeks have been centered on John chapter 6. So we're going to dive into that a little bit more. Our saint this week is Saint Rose of Lima. Let us begin in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you please open within us the words you wish we speak. We desire to be one with your spirit, to speak the words you long for us to speak. Help us to be ever-present, to serve those that need us, to serve them most. Let us be servants for all. Lord, we ask that you continue to reach out and bless those, especially those in most need in Haiti and Afghanistan. Please give those that are doing what they can to help. Please help them to have strength to persevere. And in any way that we can, including our prayers, we lift them up through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, God. Forever and ever. Amen. Name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Turn it hey. over to Bob for the first hey. cup.
1: Hey, hello. Hey, shout out to Teresa Schumer if you're listening. You know who you are. Thanks for listening to this podcast.
0: Hey, Teresa.
2: <laughs> welcome. Welcome, Teresa, and all our listeners, and welcome, brothers. Good to be back and see your smiling faces again.
1: Yeah, you too. Hey, lots of tragedy going on with Haiti, Afghanistan. Obviously, we get the pictures of the devastation in Haiti, the pictures from the airport in Afghanistan, the concerns about what's going to happen to Afghanistan now that it's moving into Taliban hands. And there's already been anecdotal discussions or or reports about people being killed and so on, Uh, this type of thing. And then with the Delta variant and some high profile people, we just talked about uh, Cardinal, was it Cardinal Burke, right? Uh, Cardinal Burke having COVID and being on a ventilator. And then uh, there was a famous anti vaxxer who changed his mind. I don't remember what his name was, but he passed away either yesterday or today from like Nashville. He was a big radio, uh, more of a conservative radio guy that was like very anti vax. Then got then said, "Hey, I got COVID. You should get the vaccine." And he said, "He's died." So, you know, among that and all the other folks that are succumbing to mostly the Delta variant, I mean, things just we just have had a lot of rocky road here the last eighteen to twenty-four months, and it doesn't seem to always improve. Every time we think we get an improvement, it we kind of have some other things happen. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I want people to understand a couple of things. One, there's hope, right? When we talk about in our main topic segment today, we're going to talk about the Eucharist and what the Eucharist, what the Eucharist is, what's it all about? And Phil's going to go into depth on that. And I think people should pay attention to that because that's really the essence of our being in our salvation is what that Eucharist is. It's not what it represents. It's what it is. Okay, So so there's hope for us going forward in the future. So I don't want everybody to get down. No matter what you think about Afghanistan and whether we should be there, we shouldn't be there. You should be praying for all those people there and praying for a good outcome. You should be praying for the people of Haiti. Sometimes it looks like God has forsaken the, the Haitian people and We don't know why all those things happened down there, but you should be praying for them, especially, you know, Terry can add a lot of context because Terry's been to Haiti and knows the people there. So I I just don't want people to get down. You know, I'm a a big cheerleader, very, very much a very positive person, as everyone knows from listening to this podcast. But there's hope, okay? There's light at the end of the tunnel. And we're going to talk about that in the the main segment. So open that up to your guys' comments.
0: Well said, Bob. Yeah, and we always have our hope, right? Jesus Christ has already defeated all the principalities of evil. But we still experience those troubles here. And he told us that we would. He didn't, he didn't sugarcoat and say, no, oh, there it might have some bad days here and there. No, he told us that we would have great troubles. And clearly, I mean, how many hundreds of years has Afghanistan not been a stable place? They've been, they've been in trouble for a long time you know it's been difficult there for a long time um i think they had some reprieve for the last couple of decades in some areas but not across the entire country and now it's very difficult for them and likewise the people of Haiti you know who've already been dealt many disastrous events that have struck their country and then to say even in the last what uh, five weeks I don't remember when the assassination was, but I mean, it, it, you know, all of these things coming together again—an assassination, an earthquake, and then the tropical storm—is a lot of things. So, yes, as Bob said, we need to pray, and we can't think that there isn't the there isn't power in prayer because there is. We have a lot of power in prayer, and prayer does a lot more than we think it does. And we can look to saints like Saint Monica, who prayed constantly. For her son, she did everything she could to try and convince him. And beautiful souls in her life told her that she needs to just pray, trust in God's providence, and just pray because we don't know how it's all going to work out. So, always lift those people of Haiti up in prayer, lift up all of those in Afghanistan, and you know, your brothers and sisters right down the street, your neighbors. Remember to lift these people up in prayer, that, that is powerful. And if we can offer some sacrifices, give up a meal here or there or a special treat or something, if we can attach that prayer to some little sacrifice that we make, that also we know from many of the saints has great power when we can tie that in with some type of sacrifice. So, yeah, I mean, we we never lose hope. Uh, We never lose hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. He's already promised that he's going to come again. We don't know when that is. Maybe some people think it's going to happen real soon. We don't know yet, right? And he told us we won't know the day or the hour, but we just pray, we hope, and we don't worry, as St. Padre Pio would say. Terry, what do you got?
2: Beautifully said, Phil, and uh, beautifully said, Bob, both of you, uh, eloquently spoken. One of the things that Uh, resonates with me really is the prayer that we uh, pray or the phrase that we pray all the time at church. Jesus is our hope, our light, and our salvation. So let's not forget the hope that we have in Jesus, especially when we come before the table of the Lord in the Eucharist, the great summit of our Catholic faith. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um really always, always, always got to be interceding for our friends, for our family, for one and all. We have to be interceding for all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially uh in these troubled times. We're going through troubled times here in our own country, Haiti is really uh, going through some struggles right now. And so Mm -hmm. is Afghanistan. These things just break my heart. And so we need to double down, uh, like St. Ignatius of Loyola said, when uh, we don't think that our prayer is fruitful or is being listened to, we double down in our prayer. That's what I've got.
1: All right, let's end this segment this way. People want to know where to find hope. You went to Mass today, yesterday, and you received the body of Christ, which is hope. That's God's love. That's inside you. It was given to you. Now you take that out and share it with the world. We'll talk more about that in the next segment. That's all we have for the first cup. Let's move on to the next segment. Phil, you're up.
0: Thanks, Bob. Yeah, so Pope Francis and his Angelus... Uh, address today in his angelist address today mentioned that we can't water down the teachings on the eucharist and we we've heard this in the mass readings um where we if if you follow even the lectionary from the daily mass right you can see this evolution that we're stepping through john chapter six and we and we see these how jesus doesn't back down especially in our gospel today so for everyone that went to Mass today, today is also the day that we celebrate the Feast of the Queenship of Mary, but we're not going to talk about that today. Uh, send us a note if you want to hear more about that, strangecatholicspot at gmail.com. Today we hear that there's a lot of people that hear this teaching about Jesus, and they're turning away, almost like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is he asking us to be like cannibals? He's saying that we need to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Right? This is this is what's happening right before, and then they're kind of murmuring, they're walking away, and then Jesus turns to his disciples and say, "Will you also go?" And Saint Peter has a beautiful line: "To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life." And that's it. Jesus's words have power, and so when we when we meditate on what he's telling us, when we meditate on this you know, the 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 miracle of the multiplication of loaves, loaves and fishes. That miracle Jesus gave us so that we can see how he's able to do something very miraculous in that he's present in tabernacles around the world. He's present on the altar at Mass around the world. He's able to be ever-present. He said, I will never leave you, right? He'll always be with us. And this is the the substantial way that he's with us is in the eucharist. So, you know, Pope Francis talking about, you know, we we can't we can't assume that this sacrifice that's offered for us that we see represented at every mass where simple bread and wine that is offered before our lord when we also join our own struggles, our prayers, our joys everything from the past and everything for the future for ourselves for anyone that we're praying for we lay them on the altar too and then they're sanctified right and they're divinized right in our baptism we're given that gift of theosis as the eastern church would call it we call it divinization in the western church that's when god's life lives within us his very life lives within us and so when we're given the opportunity to receive the Eucharist and not seeing it, as Bob said, this isn't just a symbol. It's not just simply bread any longer. Although those accidents remain, that means it still looks like bread, it tastes like bread, it feels like bread. All of the external properties still remain. But it it, it really and truly substantially is transubstantiated, which means the substance is changed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And as Terry mentioned, the Eucharist is what we call as Catholics our source and summit. It's like the mountaintop if we can receive the Eucharist. We're only re- required to receive the Eucharist once a year, which seems odd to people, but prior to Pope Pius X, we didn't have this the beauty, the gift of being able to receive the Eucharist very often. So, Even some great, great saints didn't receive the Eucharist nearly as often as we are able to, which we should really treasure as a beautiful gift. And if there is any way, if there's anything about the teaching on the Eucharist that we might be struggling with, maybe we don't quite understand something, how can he really be present? We can spend time in his scripture, reading John chapter 6, and we get to John chapter 6, verse 66, and we see this turning where the people literally, wh- where they have the change, where they're no longer followers of Jesus. There were thousands of disciples of Jesus, and they allowed the tempter, Satan, to change their mind, to then say, you know what, this is too hard, i got to walk away. You know, that's, that's how hard this teaching was. So, yeah, we might struggle with it as Catholics. This might be something we have to wrestle with. But Jesus is there to be with us during the struggle. We're not alone in this. We can ask others. Of course, you can reach out to us if you have any questions about the Eucharist. But this is that truth that separates us from, from other Christian denominations, that we really believe that this really, truly, substantially is Jesus Christ. That's why we have tabernacles in all of our churches, because we're, we're given that opportunity to be given Christ, and then there is some that is reserved in case the priest will do viaticum, last rites. Um, so we have this gift that Jesus has given us. He has made himself present at every Mass, present in every tabernacle. This gift he's giving us. But again, it's not just about us receiving alone. That's the part of what Pope Francis is talking about. And what I would say, too, is it's not just about what we receive, but again, it's what we give. What are we giving to the Lord? Are we just laying it all down before him at the foot of his cross? Or are we just trying to shoulder it on our own? You know, just we'll just we'll push through. We can make it through on our own. You know, I don't need to. We need to surrender these things over to Christ. Let him wash his love over it. And I tell you, if you allow yourself to surrender, really surrender, everything. Jesus, I surrender everything to you. Take care of everything. If you just let everything go, it's it it it's a beautiful transformation. I, I don't I don't know how else to describe it. And the Eucharist is that is that fuel within us that helps to strengthen us. It even can forgive venial sins. I mean there's a lot of power in the Eucharist.
1: Hey, Terry, let me let me talk here real quick Second I got a transition go for it. and I'll let you go third if that's okay.
2: Go for so it. So
1: just quick quickly, you know, we've discussed the studies that show that a lot of Catholics or or large portion of Catholics don't believe that the uh, that the Eucharist is the body of Christ. You know, it's more of a more of a Lutheran maybe interpretation at times more of a celebration. And to give those folks, cut them some slack. I don't think they really they believe in what we're doing and what we're about, but what I think what we're failing to do is to get them to understand the totality of why the why it is so important to believe. That the body and blood of Christ is uh, that 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 the Eucharist is the is the body of Christ, and and then the blood, obviously, when we get back to a point where we're actually consuming that on a regular basis here, which I think is a a, a perfect combo platter that I need to have both when I go to mass if at all possible, or I feel a little bit incomplete. But uh, I think part of it is the human problem here, right? They are watching this happen during the consecration and they're just not connecting or understanding because they don't see something happen or it's beyond their understanding, right? Which is a lot of what we discuss. Okay, religion and God, we do not understand God completely because God is way above our pay grade, right? We know that first thing you really learn in school, right? It's way above what what we're doing here on this realm and that's why it's God, right? Okay, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-knowing being, right? So I I, I give those people some, cut them some slack. Uh, So we need to do a better job of articulating why the Eucharist is the body of Christ. And uh, I think a good thing to bring up with those folks is, do you believe in, you talked about Jesus, you know, creating fishes and loaves, right? Multiplying all these things in the Bible or do you believe that jesus walked on water and you know when when they were out in in the sea of galilee and it was storming and he put his hand out for peter and you know all this other stuff right do we believe that do we believe miracles can happen most people most catholics believe miracles can happen then why don't you believe in this so i think we should challenge our parishioners to say if you believe in miracles If you believe the tenets of the church, why don't you believe that this consecration is the body of Christ? So, I just think we need to do a better job of educating. I really do. Because I think those people want to believe that. They're looking to believe that. They just need to be better educated about it. And maybe we can, as shepherds, as so-called shepherds, to try to help this forward, maybe bring them there. Okay,
0: Terry's turn. Thanks, Bob. I'm going to interject real quick just from this article. Uh, Pope Francis said that God himself, flesh and blood, he lowered himself to the point of becoming a man like us. He humbled himself to the extent of burdening himself with our sufferings and sin. Therefore, he asks us not to seek outside life and history, but in relationship with Christ and our brothers and sisters. Close quote.
2: Beautifully said. And uh, Bob, you bring up a very good point, and I applaud you for uh, bringing that to light. We absolutely, as servants of the church, uh, both Phil and I, uh, as ordained deacons and our brothers, uh, deacon brothers and uh, brother priests, um, need to talk about this from the pulpit. We need to stress what the source and summit of our Catholic faith is and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. You know, I go back to a few episodes ago where we were talking about bad homilies. Okay, A good homily would include or bring to light and catechize uh, our faithful in what the Eucharist is. For me, uh, Phil, you shared with me uh, last winter that great YouTube video, The Veil Removed. Absolutely go online and and check that out on YouTube because that is a great all however maybe a little bit on the graphic side uh very much for adults um but some could be traumatized potentially by that video um because it 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 does depict rather graphically the the suffering of Christ which for me I'm okay with that. Uh, Some of that, some, you know, we get a lot of shock value from other sources. And sometimes I think, in my opinion, my opinion only, we as a Catholic church maybe need to kind of shock some of our congregants a little bit as well. Um, But the overall message of that particular video and the visual representation uh, when the priest is at the altar, he is surrounded by the choirs of angels during the Eucharistic prayer, and that was so awe striking for me to see a visual representation of what I have been told for a number of years that mm-hmm. when we gather as a people of Christ. And when we celebrate Mass, the angels and saints are there with us and they are praying with us. And so I'm kind of getting uh, a little bit off track here, so I apologize for that. But what I'm really trying to say is um, in the Mass, we really need to focus and accept the fact that There is this gift of transubstantiation. When the priest prays those prayers over the Eucharist and over the cup, those properties, the oneness of what, what makes those properties what they are, substantially changes into the body and to the blood of Christ and i'm going to take a a quick um uh, quote from uh this this uh, weekend's gospel because uh this this line from john's gospel jesus knew from the beginning that this that the ones who would not believe and the one who would betray him and he said for this reason i have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the father As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. So are we going to be those disciples that this truth is just too hard and we can't comprehend and grasp it? Or are we going to let this truth wash over us and transform who we are as believers in Christ?
0: Bill? Amen. And I would I would add that those angels are not just praying with us, but they're praying for us right there. St. Francis de Sales says that they're they're bringing our prayers, our petitions, and they're bringing them to the altar. I just there's so much. Yeah, I will definitely link to the veil removed. But yeah, it's a, a, a beautiful image to to see and understand the reality And then as you quoted from that scripture, you know, and that's key of what Pope Francis is talking about is clinging to Jesus's words of eternal life, that promise that he gives us for all those that receive his body and blood.
1: Okay, that's it for the main topic. Let's take a short break and we'll be right back with the same spot. Stay with us. We're back and it's St. Rose of Lima this week. Take it away, Terence.
2: All right, thanks, Bob. And yes, our saint spotlight this week does shine on St Rose of Lima beautiful, beautiful saint. Her feast day is August the twenty third She is the patron saint of florists, patron saint against vanity, patron saint of embroider embroiderers, gardeners, needleworkers, people ridiculed for their piety. Latin America, The Americas, Central America, the New World, Peru, the West Indies, South America, India, and the Philippines. She is also the patron saint of World Youth Day in 2011 and 2019. Saint Rose of Lima has a special claim on our interest for she has the honor of being the first person born in the Western Hemisphere to be canonized a saint by the church. St. Rose of Lima was born one of 10 children in 1586 to parents of a Spanish descent in Lima, Peru, at a time when South America was in its first century of evangelization. Her parents were Gaspar de Flores and Maria de Olivia, a woman who had Inca blood in her veins. She was named Isabel Flores de Olivia and it's, and seems to have taken Catherine of Siena as a model in spite of the objections and ridicule of her parents and friends. She was exceptionally beautiful. Her beauty was so great that she was nicknamed Rose, a name that remains with her to this day. According to the legend, a servant had a vision where her face was turned into a rose. At her confirmation in 1597, she officially took the name of Rose. She was so devoted to her vow of chastity that when she was admired for her beauty, Rose cut off her hair and she used pepper and lye to ruin her complexion so she would not be attractive. This upset men who were beginning to take notice of her. She rejected all suitors against the objections of her friends and her family. At a very young age, she chose to consecrate her life to God. She practiced emulation of the noted Dominican Tertiary of Catherine of Siena. She began to fast three times a week and performed severe penances in secret, sometimes depriving herself of both food and sleep. There was a little hut in the family garden that she lived and meditated in, also raising vegetables and making embroidered items to, to sell to support her family and help the other poor. As she grew to maturity... Her parents were anxious to have Rose marry, and indeed there were several worthy aspirants for her hand. Rose did not wish marriage, and to end the arguments and offers, she joined the Third Order of St. Dominic, donned the habit, and took a vow of perpetual virginity at the age of 20. She continued a life of extreme prayer, fasting, and penance, allowing herself to sleep only two hours a night at most, so that she had more hours to devote to prayer. On one occasion, she burned her hands as a self-imposed act of penance. She was known to wear a heavy silver crown with spikes that could pierce her flesh. The spikes reminded her of the crown of thorns. At one point, one of the spikes became so lodged in her skull that the crown was removed with great difficulty. For 11 years, she lived this way with intervals of ecstasy. During the last few years of her life, Rose set up a room in the house where she cared for homeless children, the elderly, and the sick. This was the beginning of social services in Peru. Though secluded in life and activity, she was brought to the attention of Inquisition interrogators who would only say that she was influenced by grace. Rose bore the disapproval and persecution of all of those close to her, as well as the more severe trial of desolation of soul. At length, an examination by priests and physicians was indicated, and this resulted in the judgment that her experiences were indeed supernatural. Rosa's last years were passed in the home of a government official, Don Gonzalo de Massa. During an illness toward the end of her life, she was able to pray, Lord, increase my sufferings, And with them, increase thy love in my heart. This remarkable woman died August 25th, 1617, at the age of 31. Not until after her death was it known how widely her benefit influence had extended and how deeply venerated she was by the common people of Lima. When her body was born, down the street to the cathedral, a great cry of mourning arose from the crowd. For several days, it was impossible to perform the ritual burial on account of the great press of sorrowing citizens around her casket. She was finally laid to rest in the Dominican convent at Lima. Rose was beatified by Pope Clement IX on May 10th, 1667, and canonized on April 12th, 1671 by Pope Clement X, and again was the first Catholic in the Americas to be declared a saint. St. Rose of Lima, pray for us.
0: Pray for us. Indeed. Remarkable saint.
2: And just the, uh, how she viewed herself um, as not wanting to be beautiful, in an age right now where vanity is almost running rampant, uh, very humble servant of God. Just really, when I was researching her, really, uh, really kind of took my breath away as to the which ex- how great an extent she would go to mar her beauty.
1: Agreed. Excellent, Terry. So now, folks, it's the time of the broadcast that we hear from you, whether you're contacting us from Afghanistan, from Haiti or from Lima, Peru. We want to hear from you. Whether you're an embroiderer, a florist or somebody who just likes to fast, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what your comments are, pro and con about our podcast and what you think we can do to make it better we're also here to pray with you, pray for you, about you, and with you. Please send us your prayer requests. You can do that through one of our podcast, through the podcast platform you listen to us, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Please also rate us, and we've asked that you rate us five if you can, because that helps other people find the podcast. But there's also a better way for you to contact us, and that's at
0: strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash strangecatholics. And please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and tell one friend to do the same.
1: Time for closing prayer. And I think Terry's doing closing prayer. Take it away, Terry.
2: I am. Thank you, Bob. So gentlemen, let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious and Heavenly Father, who are our light and our hope. We thank you so much for this time together with my brothers and with our faithful podcast listeners. Heavenly Father, we just offer up in prayer all those intentions which we hold in our heart, especially for the protection of life from conception to natural death. For all those who are preparing for marriage, may the Holy Spirit open their hearts to the love of God as a center of their married lives. And for those who are struggling in their marriage, may the Holy Spirit bring them healing and peace. For Gianna and all ca- cancer patients, may Jesus, the divine physician, bring them healing, hope, and peace. For all world leaders, that they advocate for a peaceful world. For all those victims of the earthquake in Haiti, may the Holy Spirit come down upon them and let them know that God is with them and has not forsaken them during this time. For all the people of Afghanistan, may God rain peace down upon them and in their palaces, peace for the repose of the soul of Deacon Jerry Tice and healing for his family. God, we lift all these intentions up to your most holy name for your glory and your sanctification. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you rain peace down upon all of us. And in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen name the father and the son the holy spirit amen 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 thank you everyone for joining us this
1: week look forward to seeing you next week especially on the youtube all you youtube people look forward to seeing you next week as well until then love you brothers
2: love you brothers
0: love you brothers thank you for listening to this episode of strange catholics we hope that you enjoyed the conversation, and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day.